0: Welcome to Sober Heroes. So this week my guest is Jason. Um I originally saw Jason on Team Sober UK which is a big uh, Facebook following um and Ninja Dad's Tribe on Instagram as well. So it'd be really good to get Jason's story, um learn a lot about where it's taken him and we were just discussing that he's recently completed his uh, fitness qualifications just like i'm waiting to do in the next couple of weeks as well so we will have a good conversation around how fitness has helped as well so wh- welcome jason how how you doing i'm very well sean how are you yeah very good thank you so good. just the, the, the usual format let's just crack on let's speak about your story The the powers in people relating to the various stories and getting the help that they might need but obviously this series we've got a bit of a spin on uh, male sobriety. So yeah, I'll, I'll pass over to you.
1: Okay, well, I guess the first thing to say then, given that is um, I've now been sober for uh, 19 months, which, um, uh, which for me is a hell of an achievement because um, where I was before that 19 months was, uh, was, in, a, was in a pretty dark and low place. Um, and feeling very much alone, which I think a lot of men um, do, Get to feel when they're uh, they're going through some kind of uh, of distress or, um, uh, or or depression, and thankfully I was able to turn myself around. And um, I remember it very clearly. I was uh, uh, sitting having a coffee um, quite early on the morning of um, the 21st of January, and um, I was flicking through my Instagram feed and a friend of mine, I'll um, well, say a friend, uh, an Instagram friend, had posted a, a photograph of um, the character Bilbo Baggins running through the uh, uh, through the Shire at the start of, um, of The Hobbit film. And underneath was this, this phrase which said, I'm going on an adventure. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I just looked at that and I thought, why aren't I living a life like that? Why aren't I feeling adventure? Why aren't I feeling joy? Um, why am I feeling as low as I am? And um that really was the the kick up the backside I needed to to sort out myself, starting with um with with quitting the drinking. And um I'm forever thankful to that guy. Uh, he's now known as Sober Day, if you can find him on uh, on Instagram and various um uh sober groups on uh on facebook and uh and other channels um but he wasn't known as sober dave then because he was only um 14 days sober himself and he hadn't yet started that journey but i think you know if i if i look at dave and if i look at myself one of the things that um it does absolutely show and prove is that you know, we can change our lives around. Sometimes it may not feel that way. And I know for me, for a long time, it certainly didn't feel that way. But sometimes you just need that little bit of inspiration, that little bit of a kick up the backside to almost shock you into action. And that's exactly what happened to me. And it was really, really like somebody just flicked a switch in my mind. And all of a sudden, I just knew something had changed. And from that moment on, uh, i knew i wouldn't drink again and um and i and i haven't so um so that's how my my sobriety began
0: I'll just ask, what um because you mentioned sober dave who funnily enough i've already had on the, this podcast series as mm. well because he's he's only uh, he's in london as well not too far mm. so what what age were you when you got sober then
1: um i was 49 and a half <laughs> well 40 no just over 49 so and- um
0: and it's, it's always good to highlight these things, because I think a lot of things in my past, I was always told that I wouldn't be able to do certain things if I, well, I just couldn't do certain things. And then with age, age is another thing where people think, oh, once you get past a certain age, why, w- why change these habits or start making decisions for yourself that are primarily going to make you into a better version of yourself still? So how, how was it at 49 trying to make that change then?
1: In terms of trying to make the change it was it was quite it was very difficult um before that that flash of inspiration I just described I'd tried many times over many years to to quit drinking i'd made all kinds of promises to my wife um which I was unable to to see through um, and I got to the stage where you know i I really hated myself for for not having the willpower the control um to be able to make that change i used to when i was cleaning my teeth uh each morning um i i I used to gag because of what the the drink the night before had done to me i used to look in the mirror with tears in my eyes because of the the gagging um just livid with myself um and so I never really thought that, um, that the change would happen. And I'd, I suppose I'd become resigned to my fate. you know, the, the kind of old dog, new tricks, it, it's kind of analogy. And that, you know, this was me and this is who I was going to be. Um, but I, I, I can't emphasize just how dramatic the change was because as soon as my, my mind switched gear and, and I, I saw that photograph I described, all of that just went away. And I felt this this huge release of of happiness, of joy, that I knew that I'd escape from that. Um, people like Tony Robbins talk about um, decisions. They'll say, you know, it doesn't take years and years to make a decision. It takes a moment to make a decision. Sometimes you just need a, a two or three year run up to it. And um, that's exactly what happened to me. The, the decision happened in, in an instant. And once it was made, it was definite. It was a true decision. I knew that there was no going back. I knew that I'd changed. and I knew that a better life um, awaited for me. And I think, you know, at the age of 49, um, men, well, and women, go through uh, midlife crises. And I guess... I I suddenly felt my own mortality you know as a kid you feel like you're gonna you're gonna live forever and that probably carried on within me despite the fears that the drinking um, created and at that age I kind of thought you've got you know maybe 20 25 30 years of of life left in you um, whatever whatever, uh, I'm fortunate enough to, to be given you've got to make the best of this. And so having made the decision to to stop drinking as part of that decision, I actually sat down with a pen and paper and wrote a list out of all the things that I would want to do, that drinking had had prevented me from doing. And a lot of it was just simple stuff. Um, But that gave me that extra motivation because I wasn't just giving up on drinking. And therefore you know potentially seeing that psychologically as a as, as a loss, i was gaining everything that this new life would create for me and therefore my mindset was incredibly positive it was look at all of these things that you can do how you can feel um the freedom that it will provide you um and uh, and the new life that you that you can design for yourself and so you know i think To go back to your original question, the the decision was difficult because I'd spent so much time beforehand um, trying to get to that decision. But once it was made, it was, I'm reluctant to say the word easy, but in a way it was because I'd attached so many good things to it that there was no way that I would want to deprive myself of everything that I'd just promised.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because a lot of people, including myself, I think it's, like you said, that run-up for me was a couple of years as well. And it's that realisation that the pain of picking up another pint or doing another line of coke for me was f- far worse than it was to completely change my life around intake take that positive mindset and just live each day and like it sounds like you've sort of read into sort of self-development stuff as well when you're mentioning Tony Robbins and and that's exactly what I did for for the last two and a half years is just do everything that I never did um and it's amazing how your mindset's changed as well isn't it um just through seeing all the fitness things that you do and you post I'm guessing has your mindset changed completely would you say
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, my life has changed completely um, and that's obviously driven by the mindset. So um, I, I guess just to give a bit more of the backstory, um, for the greater part of my life, my adult life, I was caught up in the rat race of, the, of, of building a corporate career, which, um, which I did very successfully. And um, around about six years ago, i had the opportunity to step out of that uh, of that career which was a very attractive um very attractive move um there was a a nice financial parachute and it would enable me to spend a lot more time with my then four-year-old son which um which i really wanted to do and to, to prioritize hence um the whole ninja dad's tribe stuff that you mentioned earlier um but having made that um having made that move and what contributed to probably my my drinking getting worse was the lack of self-identity that that change created because i defined myself by my job title you know you go to a party and people ask you you know oh what do you do and all of a sudden i didn't really have an answer and um that kind of that, that led to me devaluing myself and that led to um, depression, which, um, uh, which which certainly encouraged me to drink more to try and counter that, um, and I was in a bit of a bit of a downward spiral. But but what I did on the twenty first of January um, was was make a make a, a significant change in, in that respect because in designing my new life, I was also redefining myself as a person and and who i was and how i saw myself and the fitness part of it was was an important part of a very important part now i've always been into fitness on and off um and before i stopped drinking i did work out a lot um in many ways to try and compensate for the physical effects the alcohol was having on my body Um, but once i'd stopped and I, I, I kind of knew this from going, you know, maybe a week or two weeks without drinking beforehand, where you would see quite an immediate change in your ability to run or to lift a weight or whatever it might be. Um, but the, the physical um, improvements that I felt and my capabilities for uh, my endurance for, for running or for, for any form of exercise um, quickly improved. And um, that encouraged me that, you know, when you start to see positive results, you want more of those positive results. And so I kind of kept going along that uh, along that that, that that route. I wouldn't say that I did a lot more exercise once I stopped drinking than what I did beforehand, but the exercise I did was certainly more effective and I put more into the workouts as well. So I've run faster and further. Or I would, um, or I would lift heavier weights, or or whatever it might be. Um, but by by feeling that difference, <coughs> it reinforced that what I was doing was was good, was positive, was making a difference. And it started to to redefine who I wanted to be in the future. Um, and health and fitness is a big part of that.
0: Yeah, and it, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's this, the accumulative effects of alcohol, where it can affect one or two things a week, say the level that you wanna go and run or do fitness. But when you put that over a lifetime, Mm -hmm. it's so detrimental to actually being able to really do what you wanna do. So compare that to now that you're sober, just give us an idea around about the sort of energy levels you and your direction of things that you're putting that energy into.
1: Well, one one of the things that I did was measure everything. So um, when I gave up drinking, very quickly I lost about 10 kilograms in weight. I went down from 85 kilograms down to um, a low of about 72 kilograms. I halved my body fat, um, my VO2 max cardio fitness um, increased very quickly and very dramatically by about... um, by about 10 to 12 points um and all of those things were evident in in the way that i I was feeling and so you know now um when when i'm when i am uh, exercising you know i just feel it used to be a bind it used to be a necessary evil if you like because i was I drank two bottles of wine the night before. I had to do something to try and compensate for that. Whereas now I do it for enjoyment, and I and I feel the benefits of it a lot, um, a lot more as a result. I can see the benefits of it because my body shape has changed. Um, you know, for the first time in my life, i have got i have got a I've got a six pack. I've got a six pack at fifty. I mean, I <laughs> <That's have> brilliant. <laughs> never, I never had one when I was twenty or whatever. You know, as much as I, I would have liked, and, and as much as I tried but and that's not because i was I'm, i am overindulging in in fitness activity I, I don't do i'm not a ronaldo i don't do I, in fact i hardly ever do any crunches sit-ups or specific app exercises it's, it's just the natural consequence of of burning off the fat that um that, that i had um previously kind of lining uh, lining everything that was underneath and and that all gives you a, a much more confidence. You know, some people might say it's vanity. It's not. It's it gives you some kind of, of level of, of of respect. It's it helps boost your your confidence. It helps boost your self-esteem. It's 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 good for anybody, whoever they are, to look in, in the mirror and say say, Yeah, you know, I like what I like what I see rather than hating what they see. And for me at least you know giving up drinking and um, the new lifestyle that I created uh, made that possible and it's just fun now it's it's, you know I I get up in the morning and I and I exercise and I look forward to it and I feel good and it sets me up for the day Um, before it was like a bind and I'd feel knackered afterwards and and you know that that has just completely changed
0: yeah it's, it's always a good point because obviously we're both quite similar in terms of our paths so i used to work in corporate as well um i got disillusioned with that world because when i got sober it just didn't interest me anymore the, the job wasn't there so for me the fitness ever since i left rehab two and a half years ago has been the number one thing to keep me grounded it helps not only with my physical health and a really good point about my self-confidence now comes from the fact that I'm no longer fat. I'm not overweight. And that was always a psychological thing for me growing up. Um, I'm not quite at the six-pack stage yet, but I will be there soon. <laughs> I'll be catching you up. Um, and, and that's something I, I never would have said. Three years ago, I said, oh, that's it. I'm I was a 42-inch waist, and then I managed to lose about... Ugh, yeah about five stone in weight and most of that's just from not having about 30 pints of cider a weekend and then all the bad food that would come with it as well so you're looking at an extra five to ten thousand calories that just aren't there anymore because i eat healthy and i go to the gym four times a week i play golf twice a week so all in all these are things that i now enjoy but the mental health side of things is so important like when you go for a run just clear your head a bit get rid of the stresses but i don't know are you the same i found emotional regulations really important when i'm lifting weights and stuff because i can still have stresses in my life setting up a business is stressful um so for me i need that release of anger or stress or whatever down at the gym
1: hmm. i totally i mean i i have been um studying martial arts for about six years uh, which was quite different when i was drinking to to how it is now but um the one thing that that gives you is that release because you know if you're kicking and punching a shield or a punch bag or something like that and it's uh it gets all of that frustration angst and anger out of you which is which is a great release and um you know for any guys listening um you know, I, I, I highly recommend something like that. Anything that's, um, you know, whether it be lifting weights or running, you know, anything that, uh, that uses up that, that energy um, is great. But for me, giving the punch bag a good old whack is uh, is the best option. <laughs>
0: what what, um, what was it that you did? Because I think I saw a post. Was it Choi Kwon Do? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did that when I was younger. Um, and that's funny enough, that was when I was at my fittest, is when I did Choi Kwon Do for about four years. Um, right. I did it down in, uh, yeah, just down in London. But that's really good fitness. And like you said, it's better to direct your anger towards a punch bag than it is to someone else because you you find when you're sober, emotions are a lot fresher. Like people liken it to being like a newborn baby. You can't just go for the nearest drink or the nearest drug to sort of fix issues in your life. You actually have to sort of sit there and, and go through with it.
1: Yeah, you do. And, um, you know, everybody has ups and downs in life. And one thing that is definitely true is that, you know, you'll still have those ups and downs, whether you're drinking or not, but how you deal with them and how you manage with them and how your the impact that they have on you, <clears throat> your thinking, your emotions, your life um, is a completely different once once you've stopped drinking or or taking drugs and you have more control and you have more uh, self-respect and your capability to deal with, with life's traumas and um, life's highs is just, is just so much better.
0: Yeah, um, let's just go back to your corporate job that you used to have, um, mm. it was a really good point that you said about you no, you no longer felt like you had any, or that sense of purpose, once you sort of left the corporate world, um, what was the drinking like when you were in that environment?
1: it was uh, it was mixed I used to do a lot of travel uh, international travel and so any flight that I caught was was all always uh, uh, heavily laced with uh, with drink particularly transatlantic um, flights which I used to do you know quite regularly um, there's also the entertainment side so if you're out entertaining clients or I was in the fortunate position where I was, I, I was both entertaining and being entertained. You that always had um, a drinking culture around it, um, particularly when it was a group of men uh, that were that were out together. Um, and then also the uh, you know any form of of company event like a conference or, or or even meetings or away days always involved a free a free bar as well. So, um, all of those elements that were, uh, I suppose, directly attached to the, to the job, there was a lot of alcohol involved. But I think the bigger thing for me was the, and a lot of people, men and women, kind of fall into this trap. And, and, I, and I think society sees it certainly as acceptable and, and possibly normal as well. But, you know, when, when I finally uh, hung up the phone or or walk through the door you know pretty much the first thing I would do is is for me wine was my vice and so the first thing I would do was um was open a bottle of wine and and pour myself a glass and That year a glass turned into two glasses two glasses turned into a bottle and one bottle turned into into two bottles In a way, I suppose I was lucky because I was still able to get up the next morning and you know after after a, quite a rigorous wake-up routine I was able to to perform and function you know quite well and quite normally but um it was taking a toll on my health mental health and uh, and physical health and it doesn't help you in the working environment when you have the kind of stresses that any working environment can can create um you're not I found myself less able to 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 deal with those situations um, than I used to be before my drinking really got out of hand. And so, um, and so yeah, the, you know, the, if I think back to my working life, um, th- there was definitely a lot of, of alcohol involved directly with the job. And um, the stresses that it created caused, caused drinking outside of the job as well. Um, you know, like I say, literally the first thing I would do you know, when I walked through the door would be go to the fridge and open a bottle of wine or um, depending on whether it was white or red.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to that as well because I think that's just sort of expected. I know certainly from when I was working in the corporate world, like obviously I had drug addiction that was sort of getting worse as I went along, but I'd, I'd always go for a glass of wine or a beer. If it had been a really bad week, I would have gone for a beer on a Monday night. <laughs> um yeah but but it's it's a good point to highlight as well because the corporate world creates this stressful environment but it also does a reward system of going out and drinking so it's like a double-edged sword isn't it so to reward you get drunk but if you're stressed you get drunk um what what was around at the time when you were in that job that said to you look If you've got an issue with drinking or stress, you can come and talk to us. Like some sort of, were were HR very proactive in trying to sort of combat um, alcoholism, drug addiction within the workplace?
1: Not at all. No, not at all. There was um, they did set up a. um, I mean, I I was a a a very senior person. You know, so I was on on the um, uh, the executive team. And we did set up a uh, a kind of wellness clinic, but that was more to do with, um, I would say, kind of things like stress uh, relief through medit- meditation, massage as well, um, and uh, and 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 helping people overcome kind of physical um, injuries or, or problems. Um, we had a we had a gym in the office um which uh, which was certainly there for release i never used it once <laughs> um uh but if you think about the kind of direct alcohol drug um misuse then no there was absolutely nothing and i guess and i notice it now because i'm still in touch with a lot of the people that i used to work with um it's almost like a an unwritten rule that it's okay you kind of a safety numbers type of type of mentality i think you never ever talk about it but you have a sense that you're not the only one walking in through the front door and pouring yourself a glass of wine um you know and therefore because everybody else is doing it it's okay and you're just you're just kind of living a, a normal um a normal life and um the problem with that is that you completely ignore all of the problems that it creates. And I think for me, when I recognized it was a problem, I suspected that, at least suspected that other people were recognizing their own problems in themselves, but we don't ever talk about it. Um, You know, I don't think people are open to that kind of discussion, even with their closest friends and, and, and family members. Um, and men in particular certainly aren't open to it. I found it a lot easier to talk to people online who were, you know, the only thing we had in common was that we all we all um, either did drink and were trying to stop or, or had stopped and were trying to stay stopped. I found it a lot easier to talk to those strangers than anybody else, you know, whether it be family or or friends and um and that's a massive shame actually it's a, it's 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 a huge gap i think in terms of the the support systems that we have for people um i did talk to doctors about it previously um although certainly in my working life you know i had a major concern that um because i used to have a, a, an annual health checkup as as uh, as part of my job and i had a massive concern that if the company found out then that would have consequences and not good consequences. So of course I wasn't honest or truthful in those uh, in those conversations. Um once I had given up work and I was more honest, although not completely truthful, um you know I did take um uh, uh therapy through um CBT to help me with my with my drinking which did help um but once the course stops I, you know, within a couple of weeks or so, I was, I was back on the drink. Um, and so, no, the, the, the amount of support that you have either in the workplace or outside of the workplace, I think is, 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 is quite poor and lacking, um, particularly given certainly the impression that I have that the number of people that are going through this type of, of problem.
0: Yeah, and I I think that was all my personal bugbear. Is I used to work in HR as well for a bit, so I was always setting up the well being platforms for businesses. And it was funny at the time, I didn't think I was an addict, but there there was never anything we were setting up that was tackling the problems around alcohol or or drugs. But Mm. every business I went to, there was always once you go to the pub, you always try and find out who the other Coke. person the people that do coke or the people that are there drinking late and there there are a number of people where it's just normalized so you can then talk about it at work and stuff um and this was at a number of companies as well so i had my suspicions that there were a few people that drink too much when they walked in um i obviously had no sleep the night before so i I could never be be bothered to tell anyone um but i think it's much more of a problem than corporate hr will ever want to admit because it just sounds like too much of a headache um, in terms of them trying to deal with an addict because like you said there's a stigma attached to it so it's incredibly difficult for me to just suddenly walk into hr one day or you to walk into hr and say look i'm an alcoholic or i've got problems with alcohol because realistically they're then going to have their preconceptions of what that persona looks like Um, and then you start worrying about oh is this going to impact my job who's going to know and that's just all created around the stigma if you have no stigma around alcoholism or drug addiction or any other addiction then it suddenly falls away and you change people's attitudes towards like the portuguese system where they actually rehabilitate people into jobs and yeah. give them that sense of purpose, which they probably were lacking. And that, that's the whole point. It's just trying to reconnect them back into society again. So, yeah, for me, I could talk about how rubbish corporate businesses are all day about things like this. But hopefully by having conversations with you and sort of discussing these patterns, people might listen to the podcast and actually go, yeah, you know what? I can actually relate to that sort of pattern of behavior. Maybe it's something I need to look at for myself.
1: And I think that that's right. You know, if if I think back to to that morning, you know, it was it was it was the inspiration of of seeing somebody that was changing their life around. And you know, previously to that, David had posted a photograph that his wife had t- um, taken Emma um, of him kind of passed out on the sofa the night before, unable to go to bed. And I looked at that face and I thought, Christ, that would, that. That's me. that's, that's exactly what I I am and what I do. And um, that I think was the was was the seed that that burst into full bloom, when I then saw, you know, a week 10 days later, how Dave mentally had changed with his I'm going on an adventure post. And I thought, if he can go from there to there, I can do the same. And um, if people listening to this or reading other you know posts and articles on on team sober or other places um get that same inspiration and i think you know we're doing a great job and and filling the void that i think companies and and organizations and society generally um creates because of the stigma you describe
0: yeah so just to highlight then the what what are what were the platforms that you use to speak to other people
1: so um the first one was team sober and i i actually joined that um that facebook group that day um i then uh, joined um uh, club soda uh, which is a similar facebook group a lot lot bigger in terms of its uh, of its numbers and, and membership and uh, another group called dry days um and those are the, those are the three that i that, that i kind of interact with most regularly with team sober um, that was a big part of my recovery because i posted every single day um for i don't know how many but at least 100 days when uh, when i when i first quit which in a way was a kind of commitment to myself um, now, I'm sure that nobody would have missed it if I hadn't have posted it. It's day 28 today and, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Um, but the thought that I admit had gone from, you know, say day 28 back to day zero or day one was one of the things that, that really helped to, to keep me going when, you know, the, um, the inevitable temptation arose. And, uh, and and that was a massive help to me. And the great thing about posting each day the way I did was I got lots and lots of supportive comments from people, and that you know that that was really reinforcing and really helpful um, for me as I was going through this uh, this change. Because as positive as I was, you know it, it is difficult. And there's the habit part. There's the addiction part. There's um, Uh, You know, there's all kinds of of neurological um, and physical changes that are taking place once you stop stop drinking, and your body and mind will fight against that. And uh, and mine certainly did. But by having that commitment and by interacting and engaging um, with that group, and also, you know, obviously, reading the advice that's given from other people in their posts. Uh, and commenting on those posts and supporting other people um i felt like i was part of this mutually supportive community that was always there for the greater good of the of the people within it both individually and as a collective and that was that was really really helpful and you know going back to the earlier point to have that which was invisible to me um as, the, as a support in a society where this is kind of under the carpet and hidden was just brilliant. It made me feel better about myself. It made me feel more supported. It made me feel more positive about what I was doing. And it, uh, and it certainly helped me get through, particularly the, 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 the early days when you know, it is, that, that's when, for me at least, giving up was, uh, was the hardest.
0: it's a really good point around accountability so i'll notice it's similar with instagram as well so you get new sober accounts join on instagram and like team sober as well like you can post every day and that holds you accountable to stay sober for each day and that's massive in getting people through that first 100 days because i think they say it takes like 60 days to change a habit but when there's a mixture of addiction and habit it's it's a lot tougher than that i think um but they're, they're really good, so team sober was it dry days as well you mentioned yeah um, and club soda are they all yeah. on, are they all on Facebook? Yeah, those are all Facebook
1: groups they're all private groups so um, and they are all very well um, managed by the admin teams um, so it's a very safe environment to say exactly how you're feeling and get you know supportive. Um, reinforcement back from the from the members. Uh, and that might be, you know, congratulations for an achievement that you've that you've that you've reached. Or it might be, you know, practical and sometimes, you know, just sympathetic emotional help and support when you know you're going through the tougher periods as well. Or if you slipped, for example. And um yeah, I think all of those groups are, are incredible really for the way that they do support people.
0: Yeah, no, massively. Like I, I I sort of went down the AA route when I came out of rehab because that was a step-based program in rehab, so it was a natural move, but I then fell out of AA. Um, it's always there if I ever want to go back, but I've sort of used Instagram. I joined Team Sober as well, so it's good to read posts and just, no, it doesn't really matter what stage you're at because as long as you're sober each day, you can always find inspiration from certain posts or putting up your own posts and it's, it's really opened my eyes to how powerful the social media is for sort of allowing very like-minded i think you can't get over how like-minded we are as people because yeah. the experiences are so relatable that it just creates that sort of bond and, and that community is really strong um uh, well definitely for team sober anyway so in terms of ninja dad's tribe t- talk to me a bit yeah. more about about that
1: so ninja dad's tribe came about when um when i gave up work and was essentially a, a stay-at-home dad and i was going through the problems that i described earlier in terms of my loss of self-identity um my once you lose your self-identity your self-worth soon uh, soon follows downhill and I was feeling you know pretty pretty depressed. Um, I was prescribed um, uh, tablets for my for my depression and when I started to look into it, um, a lot of men who had either through choice or or through circumstance found themselves in a position where they'd come out of of a, of, a, of an employed role or maybe a business role. Um, you know maybe they've made the decision maybe they've taken early retirement maybe they've been made redundant or maybe their business has folded. You know, it's really really hard um, for most men <clears throat> to kind of to find their purpose and to find their identity <clears throat> and so I set up ninja dads tribe originally as a as a way of supporting <clears throat> supporting men who were going through that um, that problem and I guess yeah. You know, I would never heard of Team Sober at the time because I was I was still drinking when I originally set it up. But um, in a similar way to what Team Sober and the other the other groups that we were just talking about um, provide a, a supportive platform. That's why I wanted Ninja Dad's Tribe to be. And then <clears throat> um, because my self worth and and uh, self image plummeted so low, I kind of. I left it for a good period of time. Um, uh, I left it for about uh, two or three years. But then, once I'd quit drinking and I and I started to to feel better about myself and I started to feel a lot more positive, I, I picked it back up again. And now, um, what Ninja Dad Tribe is about is is helping. Um, men who are typically dads mostly because of their, you know the stage in in life that they're at um but to 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 help them through the problems that we all encounter as we're in you know that kind of middle age period if you like and all of the, the the strange pressures that um that that creates whether you're a dad or not whether you whether you drink or not whether you're into health and fitness or not um but you know it was it was designed to encourage dads to live a healthier fitter um happier more fulfilling life because you know if i think back to to my life um my son is uh, is 11 now and i can pretty much split his his life in all my time with him during his life into two so for the first half of his life I was never around because of the job. Um, you know, I, I if I was in the country um, and at home, I would leave before he got up, and nanny would um, would look after him, um, and then he would be in bed when I got home, and the nanny would leave. So, you know, that was and even at weekends, you know, I was either too knackered or or still too busy with other things to do to um, to spend much time with him. And so that that didn't seem to me to be a great life at all for, for either him or me, um, and that is why, when the opportunity arose, I decided to, uh, to to get out of the corporate role that I was in. And then, um, if I think then about all of the time that I've spent with him since then, you know, we have had some. I, I consider myself to be incredibly lucky to have been so close to him during that um, during what are the formative um years of his life and you know the memories that we've made the times that we've shared have just been been so special and so what i wanted to do was to encourage dads to to see life outside of you know a job title a work piece of work or being a you know the specific roles of a dad and all of the parental duties that um that 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 brings and to support dads to be themselves, to to have their self-identity, to to have their goals, to have their purpose as a dad, but not necessarily attached to being a dad. Um, so, you know, whilst that part is obviously clearly important, you're not gonna be a great dad if you've got no energy because you don't ever do any fitness. You're not gonna be a great dad if you're depressed because you're, you know, and you therefore don't have any any spark in you to, um, to spend, Quality time with the kids, and so dealing with all of those issues—the the health and wellness of of being a middle-aged bloke—was um, was was really what the purpose of Ninja Dad's Tribe became. And so now um, that's set up. We've got a website. We've got a, a Facebook page. We've got um, a private Facebook group, similar to um, to Team Sober, where we can know we can all talk about things we rarely talk about kids which is exactly what the whole purpose of the group is about like i say it is dads but it's about dads living their life whatever that life might entail and um and that's that's starting to to um uh, to get some traction the big the big thing that i would say though and this is true um across all of the groups is that dads or blokes just don't talk they don't like to they don't like to admit that there's that there's problems um you know there's the the famous stereotype of, of blokes were asked for directions we rarely read instructions when we buy something that needs um you know self-assembly or whatever we can do it We're a, <laughs> i'm a man i know how to do this watch me <laughs> um that's kind of our that's that's kind of our attitude we can deal with it um but the truth is we you know sometimes we just can't deal with it and we do need help and we do need to talk and we do need to have some form of of motivation or inspiration to to do something you know a little bit different um and if i can help blokes to talk more um then that that is you know really what uh uh, really what Ninja Dads Tribe is all about. It's, it's shocking that, you know, if you're, if you're male and under 50, the most likely way that you're going to die in this country is through suicide. You know, you're more likely to, to die of, of suicide under 50 than you are through any other form of illness or, or accidents or anything else. And that is a direct result of not dealing with the problems that you're facing. Um, at an early enough point to make an intervention and to turn things around, and being insular and bottling these feelings up and you know, um, hiding it away, not talking about it, pretending that life's great when it isn't um, none of those things help. We all do it, we all, you know, and men in particular do it. But um, if, if you're in that situation, and and you you do feel like you know things are pretty tough then please talk about it you know there are people out there that will listen doesn't have to be you mates um you it can they can be professionals they can be people like me they can be groups like team sober um but just talk about it and it's interesting that if if you look at team, Mo- team sober's membership it's it's about 75% female 25% male um
0: and, that, and that, that's a common theme. So we had the discussion with Sober Dave the other week, like both of our accounts are 80 to 90% females. And it's, it's, not, through, it's not through me being a perv. <laughs> it's through the fact that there aren't many men at all that are starting up like new Sober accounts. And yeah. it's that conditioning from a young age that pull your socks up sort of generation where we're not allowed to show weakness and that is exactly everything you just mentioned is exactly the thing that I went through to the point where I would considered committing suicide and that was also my sort of awakening moment that that wasn't what I wanted like there was a better life out there for me Um, but I know a lot of people's stories like you said it's a really high suicide rate Um, but a lot of people do unfortunately end up killing themselves and all you have to do, it sounds easier saying this than it probably is, but is have think people in places that are saying, look, come and speak to us openly about what's going on in your head. Because if you let those thoughts just run away with themselves, you will end up lonely, depressed, and it's just a horrible place to be in when your mind is constantly dictating everything in your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and I've experienced it, and um, you've experienced it, and you know, if I was in a position, if I could, if I went back, you know, three, four years to to when I was really in the depths of of, of that um, of that depression, if I could speak to myself now, um, that would that would be a huge benefit, or if I could speak to to people that I subsequently found through Team Sober or other um support groups that exist online um or offline for that matter then you know that would be that that would have made all of the difference back then i mean you and i i think were lucky in that we did we responded with a wake-up call rather than you know a a good night call which it happens too frequently and um uh you know we we're, we're incredibly lucky in that uh, in that respect but not everybody is and the more that we can do collectively as men to help other men um, and women of course but um you know there is a specific issue i think with uh with men that all of the stats um confirm the more that we can do to to say it's okay you know to just put your arm around somebody and just say yeah it's all right brother you 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 know i got you we can help um that's we can get through this. Then that that's that's an invaluable um, support. I think.
0: Yeah, and uh, and from what we both do, because we both do fairly similar things in terms of fitness. Like I, I always try and put the spin on it um, that if there's issues in your life, just start doing some fitness. Get into a regular routine of doing some fitness because that could be that could give you enough space mentally. To then start thinking about doing things differently for your life um, that 's what I found with my my own personal fitness journey above all else, like mentally, you might still be a bit all over the place, not really understanding but if you can just get into a fitness routine, the clarity that then comes from doing a four week eight week or twelve week program is is amazing and it can be life changing like fitness can be used as as a instigator for making those transformations as both me and yourself have have gone through as well.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think, um, you know, if I think back to three or four years ago when, um, you know, mentally I was in this depressed state, if I wasn't doing any fitness activity at that point, I probably would have, I would have fallen off the edge. And it was the the, release of the of the fitness activity I was doing whether that be the martial arts or um, or gym work most typically in those days um, that gave me the I think that just gave me the the the, the headspace to to keep on the right side of the line and not to and not to fall over the edge but if you haven't got that then um, yeah it's uh, uh, I think it's quite a dangerous place to be and of course now you know for both of us, you know, fitness is a big part of my life. I love doing it. Um, I, I I'm, uh, as you said at the start, you know, become a, a personal trainer. That was all, that was one of the things that I wrote down on my list. Um, interestingly, I wanted to to do the personal trainer training and become qualified um, a good two years before I actually started it. And the reason that I didn't was I had this thought of, well, oh, who would want to be trained by me? which in a way captures the self-image that i had um because i'm not you know I, I if i want if i was going to be trained by somebody i would want to be trained by somebody who represents and looks like and is the person that i want to become through the training and i wasn't that so um you know it took me a couple of years to get myself into this into the level of confidence to even start the training and, and subsequently become qualified um but now that I am, you know, and and I have been training people, um, even during uh, during the coronavirus at, at their homes, etc. Once that was allowed, um, it's it's just such a great feeling to to help people and to see people improving, and to you know they they may feel exhausted, um, hopefully they will feel exhausted. Um, <laughs> But you know, to feel great and good afterwards is is, is just such a it's such a satisfying feeling for me, and, um, and and I guess all personal trainers.
0: Well, the thing is, you're definitely looking very good for your age, so that whole self worth thing <laughs> is gone out the window because if you look that good, a- anyone will want to get trained by you. So it's fine, <laughs> and it, and it is funny what you think though, because it is very much those negative uh, beliefs that people might have is. Oh, because I don't look like a Greek god that I can't do personal training. But I think personal training is so much more than just the physical. This sounds a bit of a cop out, but it's if you get on with the person, people buy people at the end of the day. And because you're so much more comfortable in your own skin, that's the thing that people will buy into, not the fact that you do actually look like a Greek god. Uh, <laughs> it's a good sales point there.
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you. But, um, you know, um... But what you just said is absolutely right. The, 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 the physicality of how I was before was, was a, a block for me and probably wasn't going to be a block for, for other people purely in the physical sense. But because that had an impact on my self-image and therefore the way I would be with other people, then you know, they wouldn't have got the same, the same commitment, the same enthusiasm, the same passion that I'm now able to deliver and um and that would that would be the thing that would would stop me as a trainer being successful rather than you know just purely the physical appearance but the physical appearance is what's given me the 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 self worth to be able to do what i i do in in every respect across all areas and and particularly the the way I can build relationships with people
0: yeah amazing um so I think that wraps it up quite nicely like we've covered a really good array of topics within that um and it's funny that the similarities although you're 15 years older than me there's very very similar patterns of behavior um and because you're down the road hopefully we'll we'll catch up for a coffee one day um and yeah. just talk about all things fitness and nutrition and healthy lifestyles but I think ninja dad's tribe is is amazing what you're doing with that because everything you explained in ninja dad's tribe is exactly why i've set up my photology but i concentrate on 16 to 35 year olds Um, and it's to give them the support system through life coaching fitness coaching um and wealth coaching that i never had when i was that age um, and going through the corporate thing as well so it's brilliant i'm speaking to someone who is putting out exactly the same message and wanting to help people for exactly the same reasons because men are generally just very shit at talking about how they feel. Um, and I don't know, I'm, if you're like me, I find it the most empowering thing, being able to talk openly about how I felt, where I was, but now where I am now.
1: It's, it's such a release and, um, and a relief because you know, it was pent up and bottled up for so long. Um, it's great to just to just uh, to let it all out yeah
0: brilliant um yeah so that wraps up another episode of sober heroes and thank you very much for coming on jason and we will catch up soon hopefully brilliant thanks so much sean cheers